Absolutely. It's very exciting to have you here. So let's just jump in because you have had an incredible spiritual journey. You've been at this for quite a few years and I've known you from when you came to the center back in 2008. So quite a while. But when did you begin to search for something more? When did you begin to realize that just the conventional stuff, what you had been taught about what the world was, what reality was all about. When did you begin to have some questions about what else is there to life? Uh, well, I didn't have that thought exactly, but I started my journey when I was diagnosed with a, uh, an autoimmune inflammatory uh, bowel disease and I was in very bad shape. Uh, I had depression, I had a lot of high level of anxiety and then we moved here to Atlanta and I saw in the result of searching to to get better physically I also realized that I, maybe I was part of it that was what was going on physically also was related to 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 me to you know maybe I was causing it on some level so I started to explore that side and then I arrived here and um, I, I guess I started to meet different people, different practitioners that uh, had helped me and see things, started to see things differently. And also tap into my healing gift that, um, and my intuition and that somehow I, know, I knew was there, but didn't really knew was there. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask anybody who is watching, if you can um, let us know if you guys can hear us um make sure that you're yeah can you hear me Catherine no, I lost. hello oh okay so you can only hear me if I have my phone on yeah it's, it's not going it's not going through the, the computer okay uh so if anybody is listening is hearing us because I see that we've got a couple of viewers let's just double check to make sure that you can hear both Catherine and I and that it is coming out clearly because if the viewers can hear us, then we will have to um, reschedule this for another time when we both have good reception. But anyway, so here you are going through an illness and you are you are beginning to feel sense like you've got to. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks, Leah. So there's a little bit of an echo. So you are going through some depression, some anxiety because of the, the illness that you are in the midst of. Well, I think the. The depression I started before, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't really know I was depressed because I've been in depression for a long time and I didn't really know it. Um, it's um, the first person I started to work here in Atlanta was a holistic psychiatrist, mm -hmm. meaning he had the medical uh, you know, background, and he was an energy healer too. And um, and he made me realize that I've been on the on the on patient for quite a lot, a long time. That it started in my childhood, actually. Oh, okay. So he helped you realize that depression had been yeah. going on for a while. Yeah. So not only are you getting medical help with the physical stuff, but you're beginning to realize that emotionally you've been in a depressed state yeah. for a long time. Yes. 
Okay. So having that awareness about the depression, um, what, and, and then having this physical illness, what, what began to be your course of action to, to move down this path of, of discovering a ways of healing yourself? Well, first I had to attend to my physical because I, I had two small, small children and then I couldn't function. I was tired all the time. Um, so I had to um, take care of this. And but at the same time, working on my emotional self. And then I was lucky enough that that psychiatrist had um, a healing, healing school, school and yeah. a program called, called uh, Transpersonal Psychology and Spiritual Healing. Yeah, and um, and then he invited me to uh, to be part of this program, and then we explored every month different part of the spiritual world that, that I had no clue about. We started meditation. I started meditation, uh, and then and that's also through that course that I realized I had some gift through an exercise we did that I could feel and know what people were going through and I, I could remove things from their body. So, um, and I, I thought to myself, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So here you are going to uh, these meetings to learn more about yourself and you begin to realize that you're also learning more about others. Uh, you're having this connection with others. Yeah. What was that like? Take us to your mind. What was going through your mind as you're realizing, um, you know, you, you've never heard about these things, like you were saying, this is brand new to you. What's going through your mind as you're beginning to get exposed to things that were not part of the normal information you had grown up with? Well, actually, it felt very natural to me. Because yeah. I think when I was young, I was very highly sensitive. I'm still high. I could feel things. I could. I was always interested by the what, what people call the weird, you know, the angels, all the spiritual stuff. Um, so, learning it and deep, going deep into it, just felt so natural too. <laughs> so you're discovering these otherworldly uh, talents, gifts, connections, and it's feeling very, very normal, very natural. Exactly. So how were you making what, what was going in your mind that it was allowing you to make sense of all of this new information that was feeling natural, like you've known it all along? Well, it hasn't been easy because I think there was a deep, deep program um in me that first didn't let me be with it i mean it was there i knew i knew i had some capacity but to be fully integrated like it's really me like um it's being a challenge 
Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the challenge. What made it a challenge? And and I totally get it because as I began my spiritual journey and I began to feel that I could sense things, that I could, I was hearing things. I was, and it wasn't a voice outside of me talking. It was something was going on inside. I'm tapping into a a consciousness. Um, and as I was receiving these messages that were not what I was used to, I had to integrate that. I, I had to sort out the beliefs that told me that that couldn't be, was impossible, but I'm experiencing it. So I know it is possible. Um, but my mind wasn't prepared to be hearing guidance and voices and, and sensations and things like that about other people. So how were you in your own mind making sense of this and allowing it to be something that you could integrate? It was really difficult. I struggled with it because when I would be uh, in an environment that allowed me to do this, I was fine. And then when I would go back to my regular life, it was, I did, I wasn't aware yet, but it was a deep, deep programming, programming and subconscious, unconscious of uh, the fear of being judged, uh, the unworthiness. Yeah. um, All that good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but. Let's speak about that because I haven't met a single person who is going through a spiritual awakening where the the feeling, the deep programming um, of the subconscious mind of of a sense of unworthiness isn't part of the journey. I, I have yet to meet one person that that wasn't so. So we all have to go through that process. Yeah. What were some of the things that you were... Um, having to deal with beliefs that that activated your unworthiness, what take us through some of those thoughts? I think sometimes there was not just so thought because I'd learned to with you and other to to watch my thoughts and say, okay, no, you're not going to think that. But also, what I realized it's not because you have you have that thought. If the programming in the subconscious is not equal then it's not happening. So I had to dive very deep, deep into those belief and feeling and also realizing that they were coming from my parents, they were coming from my grandparents and they all have it. So it's, uh, so the programming was very heavy in me Mm -hmm. and uh, it's taking a long, long, long time to uh, unhook mm-hmm. those belief system, uh, really feel deeply uh, those emotions. And it's not just un- unworthiness, but there was a lot of shame. And yeah. I know that shame is one of the, one of the strongest emotion that uh, weighs you down. Yeah. And so, yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about that uh, that deep programming that comes from parents and grandparents because that is where we pick these things up. You know, every child is in an environment with parents and grandparents, um, or, or I should say just about every child, not every child grows up with parents and grandparents. Uh, but 
in your case, you have all of that that programming, which is, you know, to, to clarify what the programming is that we're talking about is the things that we're hearing from those around us. These are the rules, the regulations, what we can do, what we cannot do, how things are supposed to be, what's right, what's wrong, you know, what's true, what's not true. So all of these things is is what is known as the programming. What were some of the things that you were beginning to realize you had been taught that was right or wrong or, or true or not true that were affecting your sense of worth that activated that shame? What are just take us into your mind and give us some examples. Well, um, it was more about my own sense of being my authentic my true self that I couldn't, that was not, I was not allowed to be as a young child, a highly sensitive young child. And then um, I was in a very uh, controlling environment. Uh, I also had a, a grandmother that had a lot of power over me. Um, so I had also to deal with that, um, emotional bondage, we can, can call it like this. And I had a strong, strong impact on, on, my, on me and my, my psyche and my emotional health. Mm -hmm. um, can you paint a picture? Give us some examples of the way that you felt emotionally in bondage with your grandmother. It's really difficult to um, um, well she wanted me to have to have me just for herself mm -hmm. so um, so when I was a teenage teenager and started to be my own self dressing the way she didn't like it she didn't like that I was get started to get more independent. So there was also this always this struggle with with her, like, and it was uh, she was going into emotional blackmail, you know, you don't love me, blah blah blah, you know, and so you know, and this faculty that ability for her to make me feel guilty or shamed, and then so as I grew up, and then I. Uh, I find uh, I married um, a man who took me away from all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but every time I will go back to my hometown, I was feeling that pool of our energy. And um, it was it's really difficult to explain. Um, but, and then, uh, but and she was a very negative person. Everything was negative. And then I start. I started to do that work, and I was like, I don't want to think those thoughts. I don't want to be like this. I'm. That's not uh, normal. I'm kind of. And I started to resist and to. And she didn't like it. So let, um, let me kind of go back and and just uh, to to add some clarity to this. Yeah. 
um, for those who are listening. So you you must have been close to your grandmother. So she you were around her often. Um, yes, yes, a lot. Okay. So your grandmother in some ways was getting a sense of, of ownership of you. And as you're becoming more independent, maybe as a teenager wanting to do things with your friends, then she began to say things like, uh, and please correct me here, because I'm, I'm just using my, my experience with having these same conversations with so many people. But in essence, grandmother is basically saying, why are you choosing your friends over me? Why would you want to go with them and leave me? Is that the the feeling of blackmailing that you're getting? It's like you're choosing to live your own life, but she wants you to be with her and make her your the center of your life. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? It was not as a direct as that mm -hmm. it was more always on the undercurrent so more passive aggressive more exactly okay yeah. so she wasn't saying things to you but you could feel so yeah. and when you were feeling um this this passive aggression from her what was it feeling like to you was was it feeling like she was withholding love from you she was withholding approval was she taking away, um, you know, maybe not making the desserts that you wanted or the food that you wanted? How were you, how could you tell she was doing that? It's not even that she, uh, she, she wouldn't do something for me. That was, she wanted to do everything for, for me and, and expected me, me that, um, uh, you know, to be loved for that. And then, you know, that, um, but it's a sensation to, she wanted to control me on a, on a deep, on a, on a certain level. So emotionally, it felt yeah. like a manipulation was taking yes. place. Yes. And then that began, so, so you begin to interpret that in such a way that it begins to activate shame for you. Yeah, I guess that's what I learned. I didn't know that by the time. Yeah, but no, then, at the time yeah. we, don't, we just don't understand that. Yeah. So you are doing this training, this work, attending these events with this doctor who is helping you basically unearth those old memories, bring up into the surface of your conscious awareness, the childhood experiences. Is that basically yeah. what was happening through these sessions? Yeah, it was, there was so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, the thing is, every year I would go back to France. And yeah. every year I will be uh, in contact with my grandmother. And every year I will feel that. And when I will come back, it would take me at least two or three months to re to recover. Oh, I, I remember some of that. So, so then here you are with this doctor and you're unearthing old feelings and emotions. And then you go back to France around your grandmother and now you have an awareness of these things that were suppressed before but now they're in your conscious awareness this shame this guilt this um sensation that you had been uh being controlled and you in you know that emotional manipulation and then you're around her so what what was happening in your mind as you have now this awareness of childhood stuff and here you're an adult around her how are you working through dealing with these two things 
the past and the present? Uh, it was not easy because I think there was part of me that when I would go back to France, I would go back to that child place. That's what I was so affected. But then at the same time, I was realizing that um, I wasn't functioning anymore like this, that negativity, negativity and judging everything, everything. And I could just couldn't stand it. I just couldn't stand being around her. So you were beginning to realize that uh, you didn't have to be so negative and judgmental as maybe you had been before. Mm -hmm. as you're realizing that this is something that you've learned from your environment and is not necessarily who, who you felt as your authentic self. Yeah. So you were beginning to have an awareness that you could do things differently other yeah. than how you had been raised. Yeah. Um, well, that that is always a source of conflict for everybody, because as we begin to pull things up from the past and we know that you, you learned it from the environment and but it doesn't feel natural or authentic to our soul. Yeah, we go through a period where we don't want to be the way we've been, but we don't quite know how to be different yet. Um, so as you're doing this work with this doctor and you're getting more clarity and you're realizing what is the programming that you receive from childhood and what is maybe more of who you feel yourself to be authentically, how did you begin to tap into more of your authenticity so that you could become more familiar with that as you're becoming more familiar with the programming that is really not yours, but you've inherited from your environment. So at some point there was, when I discovered I had this uh, capacity for healing and through that program, I thought, oh, that would be nice to learn, you know, about energy healing. Because I also I was searching, um, what would I do with myself? You know, my children were growing up and um, I used to be an executive assistant in France, but I didn't feel like I wanted to do that anymore or here in the U.S. So I was not familiar with the job environment and and then I all that energy stuff <laughs> was so interesting to, to me. So I thought, well, that would be nice if I could. Um, find a way to learn more. And then I discover White Wind, uh, the Institute of Integrative Medicine with Fernand Poulin. And then um, I said, well, that's interesting. I'd love to do that. So it few few years happened since I discovered that and uh, also kind of something also can, traumatic happened in relation with my grandmother and and then I started to go to your to your center and one day you invited you invited Fernand Poulin and I said well that's the guy I checked out a few years ago so I came to his presentation and then I decided to do the training as a for energy healing yeah, so when you were with that other doctor, you're tapping into to this otherworldly 
way yeah. of, of experiencing the world. So you're moving out of the, the five senses and moving more into that sixth sense, um, yeah. that intuitive aspect of you. And as you are tapping into that, and really it's a mystical journey because we're beginning to, to realize that, you know, what energy is and that everything is made of energy and you begin to um, have experiences with that. And of course, I, I remember um, you wanted to participate in, in that with, with Dr. Fernand and learn more about that. So once you did that work with him, what was it that you begin, th that you started to discover about yourself and about life in general? Because a spiritual journey is, yes, a personal journey, but you begin to learn more about the, the world, the universe as a whole. What were some of the things that you started discovering? Well, then I, I got more um, acquainted with my own intuition and how it was working. And then I discovered this different world. So there's the world out there, the world of the material. So, um, yeah, the material world. You have your inner world your spiritual world, and then you have the world behind the veil, the spirit world, um, the world of you know, the, uh, the energy, the world of the angels, all, yeah, all the spiritual, that you can tap into it uh, to help you navigate to the life. Um, and then um, it's a matter of, of being more concerned about your inner life and the world behind the veil than your, the outside world. It took me still a long time to integrate that. Yeah, because you've been at this, what, 20, 20 some odd years. Um, yes. You know, you were saying your sickness was around 2001 and uh, now we're, you know, 2019. So yeah, it does. It takes us a while because that is that is in essence um, three separate worlds that we are having to to navigate the the inner world, discovering who we are, what matters to us, and as children, so much of that is put aside um, as we're pleasing our parents or as we're fearing our parents or grandparents. In your case, there's the outer world, the physical world, the what others think of us. And then, like you said, there's this other world behind the veil, what we're not exposed to uh, in terms of we're not consciously taught about the world of consciousness, the world of spirit, of God, of source, of whatever you want to call it. And in essence, when we enter into this, this deeper part of the spiritual awakening, we have to learn to integrate those three aspects. Tell me, what was that like for you? Get, becoming familiar with the three and then working with them to begin to weave them into, into a oneness for yourself? Well, it was a struggle because I would go in and out depending on uh, who I was with, what workshop of training I have been doing. Um, Some. The thing I'm still integrating in it on a deeper level. Um, 
but I think more and more it gets more natural and and don't have to think too much about it. It's it's can it's in integrating and then seeing everything from those trees perspective in every everyday life, ah. not just when I'm in my healing session session or healing section with the people, but that's part of my everyday life. Yes, absolutely. But take, like, us, take us into what was it like for you to integrate those those three things? Yes, it's, it's very difficult. Um, I know for me, I'm hearing and sensing that I have power over what's happening. I have the ability to activate a certain energy, a certain frequency that allows me to move through life in a certain way. But at the same time, I'm dealing with with other people, with kids, with husbands, with, you know, work with clients and having to to get my mind to be at a place of of not not pushing against, not judging what what is happening, but accepting and moving into a flow. It took a lot of time. It it took many, many, many years. Um, What was it like for you integrating all of these things? Like if you can give me some examples. Um, Well, the the shamanic uh, world, the shamanic training helped me a lot. With that, um, I started to study the Pachakuti Mesa tradition, mm-hmm. the Peruvian shamanic training, and we work with a mesa. So the mesa is um, is a physical representation of the spirit world, and you ha- have it in my healing room. And connecting with that every day or almost every day um, make it more real for me. So it's helping me. So so describe the Mesa for people who are not familiar with the Mesa. What makes it real? Because every every object that's on it, they are called artists Mm -hmm. and they are related to, to a certain energy, the energy of the, the elements, the energy of the different directions, uh, the energy of the center of the hall, uh, the energy of the earth and the body. So there's the, the body, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual and the mental. So all the, those artists, have been activated activated and they hold the energy and so every time i connect with them they also hold my energy and it's it's um it's alive those are what we can this uh can this can consider inanimated object but they have a life so let's talk about one of those objects. So, for example, you know, you've, you're talking about the, the directions and um, the elements. So tell us about one particular object and how you relate to that. 
so that the people who are listening to this who have no idea what you're talking about can so you can paint a picture for them. Okay, for example, uh, the west path, the west side, the west direction is related to the to the emotion. And we represent that with a shell. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I sit, I will connect with that part and see where emotionally I am and just sensing and it has to bring things up to me, to more to my awareness. Um, so you make a deliberate, uh, you feel a deliberate connection with the shell, yeah. and the shell represents emotions. Yes. And you open up, that opens up a doorway for emotions in you to get activated, to come into your conscious awareness. Yes. Okay. And so speak to that. So let what are some of the things that you have discovered by sitting with your Mesa that begin to give you information uh, about emotions? Um, it's very organic, mm -hmm. so it's, sometimes it's very difficult to put words because it's more in on the level of the of energy and you're feeling the energy and like things on wine by itself. Mm -hmm. Once you have the awareness, being present with it, and things just naturally unwind. Mm -hmm. But you, it's the pre, it's being present with it without going to your mind to, you know, different places, what, what is it, or trying to judge it, but just being with it. Yeah, so I'll give some examples of when I've done that work for me. Um, it, when I would hold an item uh, that would be a representation of emotions, it would take me to a memory, maybe a childhood memory, maybe even a past life memory. And I would feel the sensations, the emotions that would get activated, like anger would show up just out of out of the blue, in essence, because I had invited the the item to be a guide of a representation of something that was inside of me. And that gave me a lot of information. I was able to tap into things that in my conscious mind, I couldn't go there. But when I moved out of my conscious mind needing to heal something, healing happened. And the healing that happened for me would be, like I said, as a memory and being with an emotion, an anger or a, a resentment or a shame and allowing it to be to be something that I was aware of. And of course, because of all of my training, I would allow that energy to begin to move. And organically, as you were saying, it would release from having a hold of me, from being stuck inside of me below my conscious awareness. Now I knew, all right, this, this is anger from, sometimes I didn't know where it came from. Sometimes I did, I would get a, an image of it. And that allowed a lot of movement for me of of things that were stuck inside of my energy field that were suppressed energies that needed to be released so that my spirit my authentic self could could express itself freely but those suppressed energies acted as blocks like as as doors in a in a 
if you if you think of um, who we are as a major massive mansion, which is some of the examples that that is a beautiful example that uh, Teresa of Avila painted for us. That if you thought of your life yourself as a big mansion, these repressed experiences that we have, it's like closing doors um, to rooms in that mansion. And as I would sit with my mess, as I would sit with some of the items that were on it, because obviously all of it is sacred, I began to open rooms in my mansion. I began to release energies that have been suppressed. Um, are those some of the experiences that you have had? Where uh, you both uh, yeah, I had some of those experiences, but I needed more help uh, from different practitioners to help me tap deeper because those um, programming were so deep and profound um, that sometimes it was hard to, de to deal with by myself. Yeah, me too. Um, me too, definitely. There's, yeah. this, this is one of those wonderful things about um, there are so many, so many available to us today. Well, I mean, they've been around forever. The shamans, the medicine women, medicine men, uh, practitioners in all, all kinds of, of uh, ways, whether it's psychologists, psychiatrists, coaches. Yes, it, it's, it takes a village to help us move through our journey because different people have different pieces to the puzzle. Speak to as you were experiencing some of this healing, this this past emotional stuff, this programming that we received that basically it is what helps shut us down. As you began to open up, what began to happen as you began to release some of the past, as you began to release some of the programming? Take me to the transformation that you began to experience. Well, first, my physical has uh, started to get better um, to the point that um, there's no trace in my digestive and my colon of the ulcers that were were there, just uh, scars. Um, and the interesting things and funny things is like I I was telling my doctor everything that I've done, and I thought that contributed to the symptoms disappearing, but he looked at me and said, that's really good, ma'am, but I don't think it has anything to do with this. So there's still uh, some um, work to be done with doctor that emotion, mental, and in spiritual connection has an effect on your physical. And if you work diligently with it, uh, your body is going to get affected on a very cellular level. Yes, because like like we were saying earlier, we are physical. There's energy. There's you know the emotional stuff, the inner world, emotional stuff. There's the consciousness, the spirit world, and all of it is interconnected. And you're right. Uh, modern medicine isn't isn't quite so open to the realms of the non-physical, to the realms of spirit, but yet it's been around since the beginning of time. And those who who were trained in, in the arts of healing 
always knew that we were dealing with the spirit world and we were dealing with emotions. Emotions are, are the spirit either in expressed or suppressed. And that is, that is something that modern medicine is beginning to open up to um, energy healing. And, and, you know, we Reiki is, is the more popular one, but still there is a lot of movement there. So how do you, I think also if we do it consciously, Mm -hmm. talking to our bodies, talking to ourselves and asking all those emotions, those belief systems that doesn't work for us to be released from ourselves, the spacing between ourselves, our programming. And if we consciously see this leaving our bodies, I think it has an impact. Oh, absolutely. It definitely has an impact. I see that all the time. You have experienced it with yourself and with others. So with all of this knowledge that you have gained by your own personal healing, let's talk a little bit about how you help others. How is it that you assist others with their own healing as this the, the shamanic uh, medicine woman in you has awakened and we always have to heal ourselves first before we can help others. But as we help others, more healing happens for ourselves, yeah. all, all because we're one. But say say more about how are you helping others? Give us some examples. Um, well, recently, I mean, about a year ago, I started teaching meditation also at the uh, a yoga studio up in in Alfarata called Oya. And in my meditation, I'm helping people move out of that sense they're just physical beings. And then there is just material to make them feel their energy feel and to realize we are part of the cosmos and we have all those energy around us that we can tap into for our well-being. So that's really, I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. How beautiful, because in essence, you know, we, the the Mesa is, is an opportunity for us to, in a very small space, you know, if you do it in your home and it's a type of an altar, in a small space, you are, you're replicating our connection, the physical, the non-physical, and seeing the aliveness, the dance of consciousness in, in within in the material world. Um, and then you're teaching people how to do that when they go into that meditation and they begin to expand themselves, like you said, they feel like they're part of the cosmos and the cosmos are in them and they're in the cosmos. How beautiful is that? When, because you know that, because you understand that, can you, isn't it fascinating how we have all been raised for the most part, just about everybody has been raised by unconscious people who didn't teach us that we are part of the cosmos and the cosmos is a part of us. Um, how, how do you see your grandmother now when you understand that she didn't know, she didn't know you were part of the cosmos. So she couldn't tell you that you were this amazing being. And, uh, but you were, you are. And so is she. Yeah. Well, I had to do a lot of forgiveness because, um, I think before the forgiveness, you have to be able to feel the deep hurt. Mm -hmm. 
And then once you uh, you have done that, you can go into the forgive, yeah. the forgiveness. And then, because um, I know so that as I'm, I'm healing myself, I'm transmitting that healing to uh, to my children, because we know. Uh, so those in my emotion and belief that our ancestor had, my grandparents, my parents, they are transmitted to us, to our DNA, to the frequency into our DNA. So I know that by healing myself, I'm changing that frequency and then it's transmitted to my children. Mm-hmm. And then it was always um, the focus. Oh yeah, my self own healing, but I was also doing this for my children. Yeah. Because I didn't want them to, to feel the way I felt. I didn't want them to have to go through that hardship. Not saying that they they won't have hardship, they won't feel heartbroken. It's normal part of human life. But that I could clear the energy and the DNA so f- for the life to be more in the flow and smooth. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't have all those heaviness uh part of their subconscious and conscious, their DNA, and that they could be freer. That's been always my uh, kind of focus. Yeah, you know, as as parents, we do our own healing, and we're healing seven generations back. We're healing our children, our children's children, because we're we're breaking the patterns um, that get get sent forth. So, have tell me what what is it? If you could name it and and bring it to its simplest form, what is it that is when we talk about healing? What what really is healing about? It's remembering our connection with source mm-hmm. that we are part of source, and that source is part of us. So I'm using source, but we can use God or whatever. Um, That everything we are feeling about ourselves, all those beliefs, they were passed down to us. And then we made those beliefs based on the, uh, the behavior of people around us. And then at some point we have to stop believing it yeah and we have to do the the emotional work i think uh, i mean from my personal experience uh, i couldn't have moved on get get to get where i am if i hadn't have done that deep emotional work i think emotional work is very um, essential and then that's a lot what I'm doing with my clients is to be able to, for them to go into those emotions mm-hmm. that have been repressed, that keep them in certain type of anxiety and um, sometimes depression and having a hard time moving through their life. 
Yeah, I haven't met a single person uh, that the healing doesn't incorporate that that emotional uh, work because the you know what we're remembering is that everything is made of spirit and spirit is nothing more than the energy of love. So really what has been suppressed, what has been repressed, what has been stuck is love. The energy of love isn't moving because when we don't know that love is what we are, well, like a grandmother, there is this need to, um, take love from somebody else. There's this need to get it from them because you don't know you have it in you. So this is where the forgiveness comes in. We forgive them. They don't know what they were doing because they were just trying to control somebody else because their joy, a child's joy, a child's happiness is, is uncomfortable for somebody who has lost touch with their own joy and happiness. Um, but the healing is the movement of the emotion, the energy of love has to be put back into motion. And that is, we all have to go through, look at those, all of the emotional wounding is I didn't get to be the presence of love that I actually am. And that creates a sense of shrinking, a, a sense of shutting down, of closing the doors to our castle, closing all of those rooms inside of our castle. And then we get to do work with people like you, um, like me in coaching, like Fernand through the teaching that he does, the psychologist, uh, uh, psychiatrist that you worked with. So many of us are doing the work of realizing that we are not what other people thought about us, be they our parents, our grandparents, our teachers, and beginning to claim our own voice and become who we are by letting ourselves love ourselves enough into that healing and that wholeness that you have done so beautifully. Cause I've been watching you all of these years, you know, it's so much fun because we're mirrors for each other. You know, you, you heal and that heals me. I heal that heals you because we are dealing with one energy. I mean, that's what shamanism is all about is the recognition that there's only one energy and we're all expressions within that one energy field and how beautiful is that share about your understanding of shamanism and how it has changed you as a person in the way you interact with with life in general uh, like i said earlier earlier the shamanism is to make you realize that you're part of the cosmos that is all those energy that you can tap into it and the shamans are the emissaries between the spiritual world and the material world they navigate between those two worlds um, they're retrieving information they're using uh, the energy and bring it back here for healing um, so Realizing that, realizing that I could do that, I had this capacity, and everybody has the capacity. I'm not special. Everybody oh, can do it. Isn't <laughs> everybody can do it. <laughs> um, but I choose to do it because I really enjoy it, and that realization—it's so powerful. Uh, it's such for me. It's just amazing. I'm always so. Like, wow. 
Yeah, it is. It is awe inspiring that yes. we are connected at that yes. level. And it is the that unconscious upbringing that we received as children that had us not be conscious because that's all that being unconscious means is we were not conscious of our connection to all that is of our shamanic gifts because we all have them as you said and that was beautiful that you said that because it is it is true no not one person uh, it's available to everybody to everybody because that's what that's what everything is made of is that energy but people who are not conscious of that you know did what they did and it affects us how, how it affects us and then we've got to take responsibility for our, our healing and you have seen that that emotional healing that mental healing does the physical healing and now you're helping others by being a beautiful example of of not only your willingness to do your own healing but now you're helping others so what are some of the things that um, a new person coming to you to see you as a as a shamanic healer? What what are some of the things that you have to educate them on to have them feel more comfortable with the processes that you take them through? Well, when they come to my healing room and then let's see the mesa, which is uh, now for me is quite big. It's almost uh, maybe a fourth of my healing room, so it's quite big. So sometimes um, they're surprised, but as when they sit in front of it, and then if they open and they let themselves be affected and receiving the energy of the mesa, things kind of, uh, it's kind of magical. <laughs> it's like there's a, there's something that happened. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing anything. It's just I'm the conduit. I'm between the mesa and the, my client and guiding them and asking what they are feeling and things kind of unwind naturally. And it's really beautiful to watch. Um, uh, yeah, that that work that's been done and just it's the presence to it being present to the energy and letting ourselves receive it because it's really all about uh, that level of unworthiness that you you were talking about earlier that we will feel so unworthy that we can't imagine that we just can receive Exactly. That is so beautiful. It, it is truly a we shut down our capacity to receive when we have unconscious people not reminding us that that not only are we totally and completely worthy beings because that's how we were created, but we begin to shut down feeling unworthy. And that's the work of healing is opening ourselves back up to receive. And as you were saying, um, you and I, we, we, we don't do anything to people. We are just conduits. We just, we just hold the awareness that they are that. They are that energy. They, too, they themselves are, are that their inner shaman. It's a partnership. Um, it is, it's a partnership. Don't you find it amazing 
that through all of the years that you have been a shaman and you have been helping people and you hold that space for them, don't you find it absolutely amazing that really it all boils down to our ability to receive the truth that we are magnificent, that we are, that we are as whole and as a com as complete as the creator, source, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, created us. Oh yes, but it because of that programming, we we are not able to receive it. Yeah, uh, and even if you uh, you know you work with your mind, you you say okay, I, you can say to yourself to ourselves, those affirmation. But if those affirmation are not match on a subconscious level, then you're not going to feel it and you're not going to experience it. That's why really you have, we have to clear a subconscious mind, letting those energy come in uh, and also through our bodies. That's what the emotional work is so important because like I, I see the emotions, I balls and when they um, come to the surface and kind of dissipate, explode, they leave some space into our bodies for our spirits, for our soul to, to feel more our body. body. Uh, and then we get to, to, experience more of our own ourself yeah. there are more us inside of us yes instead of, of being pushed away by all those emotion and belief and it's yeah we, over. so that spiritual self for who we are that soul that um, always connected to the universe the source can funnel down more through our crown chakra down into our bodies and fill up every space that's being left empty by uh, those emotions that we've released and yeah. those beliefs that's not there anymore. Yeah, we, we compartmentalize ourselves through through the process. But, you know, think back to when your, your babies were born. Did you see unworthiness in them? Of course not. No. So it's it's amazing. We're all born already as worthy as can be. We're all born with that knowingness here, bringers of love and light to the planet. And through life circumstances, you know, we we have parents, grandparents, adoptive parents, caretakers that can't can't remember themselves that they are that that worthiness already. And we forget that. We forget that. And thankfully, we have people like you who are willing to do the work of saying it's not OK to feel depressed. It's not OK to be anxious. It's not OK to be sick. There's got to be a way to heal. And then you do the work and you discover, yes, all that healing, all that worthiness, all that is in there. And like you said, it's just a matter of allowing yourself to experience that and, and let that magnify as you clean up the the spaces where that wasn't allowed um yeah. with emotions that got trapped i have to say i said that um there was one step below the unworthy in it that the, there was part of me that want, that didn't want to leave that I had to deal with that when there's a part of me that wanted to die 
So I had to deal with that part. It's a big, it was a big part mm -hmm. that I had to face. Um, that took some time to uh, to heal and to go. So there's a, uh, this has frozen. Um, Catherine, hold on a second, because it froze. Yeah. So say that again, you had to go there. Say a little bit more about that part of you that wanted to die that you had to. Um, to well, that was the part of the early childhood depression that that my the doctor make me realize. Yeah. So below the unworthing, and there's a part of me that, that um, wanted to die because I didn't felt accepted in my family. I didn't know why I was here, you know, because nothing that I was doing uh, was good enough. So yeah. my soul got shut down that uh, I was a very highly spirited young girl very, um, and it got shut down. Mm -hmm. And at some point I didn't know where to go and I just wanted to die. So I had to deal with that. And uh, at some point I thought I had deal with it. And then recently I just, and it had come back to the surface. So it was not completely cleared and I had to go back and do some more work <laughs> around that. Yeah, it is. It is a resurrection. We, we yeah. do have to resurrect our true self, our essence. Um, and for some of us, the, the, the disconnect from our soul, the, the sense of death inside is so yeah. severe and so, so deep for some of us a little lighter and then everything in between. But yes, we, we have to come to the place that we choose life again, that we choose to embody um, the, the life force that spirit is. And yes, I'm so grateful that you did that work and, and you came back to life and <laughs> you chose life. You chose to be the beautiful, magnificent being that you are. And here we are, we're going to complete the call. Um, cause I'm so grateful that you took the time and, and we worked through whatever we had to work through to, have this this call take place because I'm sure it's going to touch a lot of people who have dealt with illnesses as you have depression anxiety but this is more importantly a journey of courage and I have watched you um, persevering and yes the the obstacles show up but you kept that and you knew that there was more you knew um, that you were going to go in and retrieve that your your wholeness your joy your magnificence and and it is it's this is not a journey for uh wimps <laughs> we have to be willing to to do the work and then of course the rewards are so great which is a sense of peace and joy and in an inner an inner freedom that comes from our worth being something that's established by source not by mother father grandmother teacher preacher government no, nothing outside of us so thank you so much for being a part of this thank you so much lina for having us I, I mean me yeah but uh, I, having us <laughs> i want you to tell people how can they reach you if they want to book a uh a shamanic um energy healing session with you 
what they come can contact me with yeah. my phone number should i give it um go ahead and give your email i'd rather you give your email okay. better so my email is katrin arabas uh, at, at katrin philip uh, p h i l i p p dot com uh, and then um if you want to contact me i can i can talk to you for a few minutes to see if uh, a good match and then if you come to my healing room you'll meet my mesa <laughs> you'll feel the wonderful energy of, uh, of my mesa i'm really uh, i love that energy that's emanated from it yes and i've been in your healing room i've been a recipient of your healing and it is you have created a beautiful space there and it is really truly sacred and you you are beautiful and and loving and gentle and kind and so so warm so anybody that chooses to contact you is is going to be in for a treat and let me repeat the way to to reach catherine and it is to email her at catherine at CatherinePhilippe.com. And Catherine is spelled C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at Catherine, the same way, Philippe, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-E.com. So thanks a lot, Catherine, for Thank being here. Thank you so here. much, Lina. I love you, my precious so. cuckoo. <laughs> Me too. Lina came to one of my retreats that I'm organizing in France. I'm taking right, a group. Yeah. Yes, we didn't talk uh, about that, but I had the pleasure of being at yeah. one of your, your healing retreats in France. I know you've got one going on this year in September yeah. of 2019. You think you're going to be doing these every year, possibly? Until I can, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you definitely contact CatherinePhilippe.com uh, yeah. and get on her newsletter her and her email so you can be uh, reminded of when these, these retreats in France are taking place because it was a fabulous, fabulous experience, a very intimate retreat, a lot of laughter, a lot of fabulous food, and, and amazing healing took place. Um, thank you, Catherine. I love thank you, so, you much. so much. I love you so much. Magnificent friend. And I look forward to seeing you all next week for the next episode of Align with Lina. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.